What's up, intuitive sheepdogs? This is another podcast episode, and I'm really excited to bring it to you. I am interviewing a gentleman by the name of Adam Davis. Many of you may have heard of him. He is the author of five books, and um, he's a speaker. He is a former law enforcement officer, and he's doing a lot of amazing things in the world. And so I'm excited to bring you to him. So that's coming right up at the end of this podcast. If you feel like you want to learn a little bit more about the Intuitive Sheepdog Digital Course, just keep listening because I have um, an audio that's going to share with you all about it. If you guys have questions, comments, as always, find me on Instagram at Intuitive Sheepdog and let's talk about it. I hope you enjoy this episode. What is up, Intuitive Sheepdogs? Welcome to another podcast of the Intuitive Sheepdog uh, podcast with your host, me, Autumn Schmidt. I'm really excited to have you here today. We have a very special guest. Um, his name is Adam Davis. And he, honestly, I was just having a conversation with him prior to this. And uh, he is honestly going to be one of the nicest, most genuine people I've ever met. Adam, I'm so excited to have you here. Tell us <laughs> thank about you for yourself. Having, <laughs> thank you for having me on, Autumn. I appreciate it. Yeah, of course. Yeah. So yeah, you know, former uh, police officer down in Dothan, Alabama. That's Dothan for most people who aren't from here. They call it Dothan. We can always tell the out-of-towners when they mispronounce the name of the city. Uh, former police officer uh, turned into a turned into a writer. And honest to God, it it was uh, a way of coping. And uh, and I'm working on book number five that's going to release in May. It'll be mm-hmm. the second book that I've written with uh, Lieutenant Colonel Dave Grossman, and so much more to come. But thank you so much for having me on. You're welcome. Can we first, okay, five books, like, okay, Sheepdog Nation, I think we all need to, like, give up and give this guy a freaking round of applause, because that's, that's like, impressive, number one. So that's fucking awesome, Adam. Number two, can we just all talk about how fucking amazing Lieutenant Colonel Grossman is? Like, serious. He is, he is genuinely one of the nicest people, and um, I have the pleasure of of talking to him on a, on, almost on a weekly basis. He still travels two, 300 days a year speaking. He's extremely focused. Um, you will see as we go further along in the years to come, uh, I'll probably take on quite a few of his characteristics. He mentors me. He talks to me. We talk through issues. And um, it is, I, I could not have imagined I would be in this position today, five years ago when I began the journey. It is a dream come true. Uh, the day that I reached out to him, it was right before uh, Behind the Badge, the 365-day devotion that I wrote before mm-hmm. it launched. Um, I was sitting around, and I, I was thinking. I was really reflecting on where I come from. And um, I remember some of my training, officer survival training. And I remembered some of the things that I learned came from him. Mm. And uh, – and I said, you know, I don't know if this guy is going to really dig this book and the content, the way I write, but I'm going to take a shot. So I sent him an email and I asked him, I just went to his website and I said, hey, Colonel Grossman, would you consider endorsing this book? This is who I am. I'm a former law enforcement officer, da, 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 da. And he responded a few weeks later, I guess it was, and said, yeah, I'd, this is the absolute best thing on the market in our country right now for cops, bar none, period. The best mm-hmm. book, best resource. And blew me away. And uh, we started having some, you know, some conversations. And he said, what would you think about writing some books together? And uh, after I got up off the floor, 
Um, <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> I said, uh, yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. There, there's, there's some times in life that you'll be presented with an opportunity that you really, truly, you, you don't believe you're, you're ready for. Mm-hmm. And those are the times when you're presented with those opportunities. By God, go yeah. and learn as you go. Uh, you'll grow into it and um, just go. And that's what I did. So our first book was Bulletproof Marriage. And most of our, our sheepdog community is familiar with that book. Mm-hmm. It's touched a lot of lives. I have a private community on Facebook. Um, over a thousand people in that community. If you're not a sheepdog, if you're not first responder military, you don't get in. I don't mm-hmm. care if you're a doctor, if you're a counselor, if you're a marriage therapist, if you're not a cop, if you're not any type of first responder or military, you get denied. I'm mm-hmm. very protective of my community. And uh, so that has opened a bunch, a bunch, a bunch of opportunities for me. And, you know, it's, um, it's not an easy task. It's not an easy mission, but I love every, every single moment of it. It is a lot of fun, especially when I get calls from couples who tell me that they were planning, you know, they'd already uh, contacted a divorce lawyer and somebody put this book in front of them and it changed their life, saved their marriage. They have the best marriage of their life right now. Or the guy, uh, who emailed me and said that he had planned a suicide. He read something in one of my books that changed his life. That he realized he had a purpose and he wasn't a victim of his past anymore. He could move forward and uh, he no longer wanted to take his own life. That's the and stuff, that, man. That's why we that do is, what we do. That is, that is fuel in my fire. Mm-hmm. That is fuel in my fire. So that when you see me running like my head's on fire, that's why. Because <laughs> I'm going, I'm, I'm after just one more. I want to help one more couple, one more, one more person. And it's worth it. Uh, a friend of mine, Robert Bauer, used to be in the D.C. area with the uh, FOP Lodge up there, says uh, a man's soul is worth fighting for. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I believe he's a, a, a former attorney, uh, maybe current attorney, I don't know, uh, had law enforcement experience also. But uh, that resounded with me. I, I think that we too often were, were willing to fight for ourselves. We're even willing to fight for our communities. But uh, when it comes to fighting for each other, when we're in a bind, um, it's hard to do sometimes. Mm-hmm. And I don't mean that just in the sheepdog community. We're, we're pretty good about taking care of our own in, in most cases. Mm-hmm. But as a society in general, uh, when somebody falls, uh, be it an addiction, uh, be it some type of moral behavior, when they fall, we kick them to the curb instead of lifting them up, trying to help them. And mm-hmm. that's what we need to be doing more of is trying to help each other. I love it. So now we got to circle back around. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> So I want to, I want you to, I'm going to hear about your story in a minute, but while this is on my brain and I know this is on their brains, I want to talk a little bit about, can you give us some advice? Like what, tell, tell me what's your hypothesis, what's your, around this bulletproof marriage? Like, what do we need to know? Yeah. You know, I have a lot of uh, uh, people who were like I was several years ago. Uh, they're very jaded, very cynical, uh, very hard hearted. And I have people either message me or come up to me at my speaking events and they'll let me know, Hey, you know, there's no such thing as a bulletproof marriage. Uh, that's a bunch of crap, you know? Um, and then I'm like, you know what? Let me ask you a question. Have you first, first, have you ever put on a bulletproof vest? And I have some to say, I've never put on a vest. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I have to break it down for them. And the ones that have worn it say, yeah, I put on a vest. What's that got to do with anything? I like, uh, it doesn't stop everything. Mm-mm. You know, even if you're hitting the vest with a round, you're going to, you're still going to be injured. 
right? You're going to have a, a, a hell of a bruise. Mm-hmm. And, um, but you're going to make it. The concept of a bulletproof marriage isn't that you're not going to have trouble. It isn't that you're not going to have challenges. I mean, it doesn't promise that you're not going to have just flat out moments of misery and hell. What it is, is that if you put these common principles to work, you'll forge a resilient relationship. You can overcome anything as long as you realize you're on the same team. Mm. There's too many couples that fight each other like they're opposing forces. And everything creates conflict and they are against each other. So it, re, it, it sort of reemphasizes the fact that you're on the same team. You're one force fighting for each other. And, um, you know, that's, that it came from a lot of Colonel Grossman's talks when he does the Bulletproof Mind talk. Mm-hmm. He also has a segment of Bulletproof Marriage. So it stemmed off of uh, the principles of Bulletproof Marriage. But um, one of the things is, you know, uh, too often we're willing to fight for our career. We're willing to fight for things we care about and love about uh, love, but but our marriages seem to to take back seat, mm. uh, become second priority. Uh, we give our all to our, you know, to what we do on the job. We give our all to to everybody else, but when it comes home, when it comes to our spouse, husband, wife, whatever you're, wherever you're at. It's a whole different ball game. We just we get in autopilot mode. I know at one point I would come home, literally take off my vest, take off my belt, and I would sit in the chair and stare at a wall. I wouldn't talk to anybody. My wife say, "How was your day?" I was like, "I just survived it. I would rather not talk about it again. Don't make me relive it. Mm-hmm. I don't want to talk to you. Just give me, you know, give me some time." Mm-hmm. And uh, I was on a self-destructive path, like. <laughs> Uh, it, it was horrible. I got to the point every single night I was drinking and I don't mean drinking like a beer. I mean, I was, I'm, su- I'm surprised I'm still alive. Really? Um, I got involved in extramarital affairs. I was, um, you know, I was doing everything to fill a void that, that could only be filled the right way. And I was trying to run from the, the, the reality of a, of an issue that I created by not putting my effort at home. And, um, and so when we, Adam, what do you think that void was for me? It was, um, so back up, I grew up, my parents divorced when I was a little kid and my mom remarried a pastor. Um, and so I grew up in church. Uh, I was going to church eight, nine, 10 days a week. Um, (laughs) and so I grew up living, trying to live up to a set of rules and regulations, a set of laws. Right. Mm -hmm. And, um, Law enforcement, I thought, you know, when I got into law enforcement, I thought that my faith was strong. I thought that I was ready mm-hmm. uh, to, to face the things that I was going to have to deal with, and I wasn't. I was way far off from it. Mm-hmm. So the void for me was believing in something bigger than myself, and for me, that's the relationship with Jesus. Mm-hmm. And not in a, not in a way that, that I grew up seeing that was based on fear, uh, based on the punishment of hell, is based on a loving relationship with, with a heavenly father who loves me and cares about me more than anything. He cares about me. And so that led me to, you know, uh, through my career, I got to a point where I was internally interrogating God. Uh, I was, I was breaking him down. I was trying to break him down and I'm like, <laughs> I, I don't understand you. You don't, you know, this doesn't make sense. One plus one doesn't equal two. I can't make sense of all this. If you really care about me, if you really love me, and if you're really a God who's loved, why are all these things happening? Mm. You know, why do I have to go see a baby that's been raped or a baby that's been murdered or, or whatever else 
bullcrap violence is going on. Why, why, why is all this happening? Right. And um, I just, I had to get to a point to where um, that quitting was no longer an option. Mm. And that meant quitting on myself, quitting on my life, quitting on my job, quitting on my family. Um, I left law enforcement, but I didn't quit law enforcement. I no longer wear a badge every day or work, you know, work the streets or work yep. a shift. Same. Uh, but I'll always be blue. Yes. And that's, that's who I am. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm, my mission today is to continue to improve the life and the well-being of every man and woman who puts on that badge to serve their community in mm-hmm. whatever way I can do it. And um, so for me, that void was a, a re- coming to terms with, number one, I can't figure God out. There's just some things I don't have answers to. Number two, uh, eliminating the concept of quitting. Uh, that's no longer an option. And number three, completely surrendering myself to whatever his will for my life was. And if that meant writing books, then so be it. Uh, it's not the manliest thing out there, but, um, you know, I'm having fun and, and we're changing lives. And I think that's what matters. Oh, fuck. Yeah. Hell yeah. Screw being, <laughs> screw being you know, trying to be, you know, manly and, and fit in and, and, you know, I could go on and on and on and shoot back nation. You know, I, I do not believe in this social media imagery bullshit that everyone who's anyone will have you believe you've got to have a six pack abs, run fucking 10 miles a day. Got to be in shape. If you're a cop, you shoot firearms every day, train BJJ and fucking eat chicken and broccoli and, 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 you know, work out 24 seven. And if you don't do that, then you're wrong. And, and, you know, so good for you. I'm really proud of you. I'm really happy. Um, I'm really happy and honored to have met you and have you on the podcast. Adam, I want to go, I want to go back um, a little bit because I know I read a little bit about you. We had a little bit of a conversation. Um, I want to talk about the low. You know, I want to talk about the low of the low that you experienced because mm-hmm. um, I want to hear your story, but then I want to ask you some questions about it because I just have to say that I just know, speaking from my own experience, but I just kind of feel like it's it's um in some sort of pattern in law enforcement where we are on this high of a high and then it's like, fuck, we go low. And yeah, <laughs> when we you know, go low, baby, we go low. We go low. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so uh, I'll, I'll take you back, uh, take you back a few years. And, and this may be a sensitive topic for some folks. Um, I'll just go ahead and give you a heads up. It's probably going to be pretty hard for you. Uh, hell, it was hard for me. Uh, my parents divorced when I was uh, probably five years old, uh, maybe five or six, somewhere in that neighborhood. And, um, Mom had to go uh, work more often, and there was nobody else to keep us. She left us with a with someone who was not a family member. I always preface that nobody in my family did this to me. Um, and so, around the age five or six years old, I was uh, being kept by by a non family member who was while well, my mother worked, whatever. And uh, older adult male sodomized me, sexually abused me, introduced me to pornography, and. Uh, I felt, you know, I don't remember every single detail. I could, I could take you back and tell you the color of the room and tell you the things in the room and tell you how things started and some of the other details that we won't get into here. But mm. I remember uh, having felt so much shame and just felt filthy and, and worthless. Um, and I didn't tell anybody about it until months before my first child was born. In fact, I, I just come to, 
I just come to terms with the fact that at one point in my adult life, we went back and uh, we moved back from out of town back home and uh, they put us up in a house and the house was the one that all this happened in when I was a little boy. No, stop. And <laughs> dead serious. And uh, so it was, uh, I, my first, my firstborn will be 16 pretty quick. And so it's been about uh, 16, 17 years about 17 years uh, since I first told anybody about this and uh, my dad was ready to kill him. And I said, Nope, the reason I'm talking about it, because I was ready to kill him. Mm-hmm. And like, I've dealt with this at that point in my life. I dealt with it for, I don't know how many years, a long time. Mm-hmm. I was an adult and um, I, I knew where the guy lived. Uh, I hated his guts, but see, hate has a way of, of not just being, uh, it, it doesn't discriminate based on the single topic that was the seed of that hate. For me, hate became against everybody and everything. And mm. uh, I didn't know my way. I, I didn't know who I was. I didn't know what I was supposed to do in life. At the time, I was bouncing job to job to job. I was literally, I was worthless. I mean, I didn't have a job when my, when my third child was born. Um, so I dealt with it. I started talking to some people, getting some help and navigating through all that crap. And, um, but it, it created some problems inside. And those problems were uh, a lot of insecurities. Mm. Uh, as I aged 15 years old, my mother left me uh, with another uh, friend, I guess you could call him for her and uh wound up having a relationship with a woman double my age who was married and had kids and when i talked to my dad about it dad was like okay we got to protect you to keep you from being murdered by her husband and my mom still didn't believe it she's still friends with a lady and um and so all that to say i got married at the age of 18. Uh, uh, this year we celebrate 20 years my wife knew about all this stuff before we got married, but I was jacked up. I mean, I was, I was really jacked up. I was really sick and I didn't know it. You know, I felt like, Hey, I'm a big boy. I can handle this. Uh, nothing's going to stop me. It was, it was bogging me down. I was so full of hate, bitterness, unforgiveness. And that stuff will destroy. I don't care what your belief system is. That stuff will eat you from the inside out. It will wipe you out and you will be looking at, you know, position where I was in. I was ready to take my own life. So the low for me came when I realized that everything in my own efforts uh, couldn't stop the evil around me. I could not stop all the evil around me. I couldn't stop the feelings, the thoughts, all the, the, the hate, um, the, the anger, the rage that I had in my heart. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was, it was killing me. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it, it led me to this illusion that my best option would be, Hey, you know, if you were never born, everybody around you would have been better off. If you didn't exist, you know, your wife would be better off. Your kids would be better off. And that's a, that's a lie. A big uh, it's, lie. One of, it's, it's a huge lie, not just for me, but for anybody. There's, you know, when I start talking about this, especially in public, there's so many people. It gives them the courage to come out and say, hey, I'm, I'm like there right now, you mm-hmm. know. And um, if it gives one person the courage to nut up and say, you know what, I'm drawing a line in the sand. Today's the last day of dealing with this bull crap. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to quit. You know, it may take you a time, some process of healing to get through this, but we're removing the option of quitting right mm-hmm. now today. 
And so for me, it was understanding that, uh, that the past circumstances of my life, didn't matter if it was law enforcement, didn't matter if it was a call I went to, it didn't matter if it was what happened as a kid, nothing determined. Uh, it didn't have to have an effect on me anymore. And going forward, I could have a, I could have a different attitude. I could have a different approach. And I no longer had to be uh, affected by those things going forward. And so the low point for me was I tried to drown everything with alcohol. I tried, you know, um, when, when I could no longer get a, a rush from the calls I responded to on the job, I tried to find a rush in everything else. And that meant, you know, life was boring at home. That was my fault. Mm -hmm. uh, drinking alcohol every night, that was my fault. Um, accepting responsibility for all the things I'd done. Mm -hmm. And making a conscious decision to, to change. And that's hard to do, you know, that's hard to do, but that's what, that's where my low point was. It was dark. Uh, it was very dark. Yeah, that's it. Mm -hmm. I can, I, I feel that. Now let me ask you this. So when you said you were sick, right. And I know you probably <laughs> described some of it, but can you just explain, like when you said you were sick, right. What, what is that? Like how, how would, how would an officer know right now listening? Like how, how do they know they're down and low? Because sometimes yep. you have, I mean, maybe, maybe you did know but I know that like for me I didn't really realize how low I was I didn't realize how fucked up I was I didn't realize how yep. negative and angry and pissed off I was yep so for me the book of Proverbs I believe it's chapter 24 verse 7 I, don't quote me on that look it up for yourself I, I can't remember right offhand um guard your heart because all the things that you do in life flow from it mm. um guard your heart my heart was, my heart was sick. My mind was sick. Um, and I, to go into that a little bit deeper, all the hate, all the bitterness, all the unforgiveness, all of that determines how you respond to people in your life and circumstances that come around you. Um, but my mindset was jacked way up. Mm. Like I quit on anything, man. It didn't matter. You piss me off. I'm out. I'm mm. done. You know, I was, uh, or I would get back at you. <laughs> I just, you know, it was, it was hard issues and, and mindset. That was, that was it for me. Um, my faith was, was, uh, not in the right place. Um, I don't even think I had any faith. If you go back and look at it at the time, because for me, and based on what, uh, you know, what I know from what I've learned from studying the Bible is faith is, uh, not assurance in what we know or what we can see. It's, having hope in the unseen mm. and when we feel hopeless which is where i was i was hopeless um it was because i created situations that were hopeless and the perspective i had was hopeless so mm. just a shift in that perspective uh and changing that mindset got me to the point to where i could have the courage to deal with the things in my heart and once i was able to address those things and we could start moving forward and it's a process. Healing is a process. It doesn't yes. happen instantaneously most of the time. No. Healing's a process. I'm still in the process of healing. I'll be in the process of healing until the day I die. Aren't we all? And, yes. Uh, and everybody is. So mm -hmm. That's, that's you know, a little bit, you know, for me, um, I had serious insecurity issues, anger issues, rage. I was never abusive to my wife or kids, none of that mess. Never did anything immoral or unethical on the job. Um, it was really how I viewed my perspective of life and mm. my perspective was I'd been better off if I was never born. Um, uh, and, uh, 
you know, that it was just, everything was useless. It was all worthless. It's, you know, I was jaded. <laughs> I was hard hearted. And, and, and uh, when did know, that shift for you? Sitting in a patrol car. Um, it was on a Sunday. I had, um, <clears throat> I had this, uh, I was working overtime uh, detail and I was full uniform sitting in my patrol car and I'd already been working in criminal investigations and been a hostage negotiator. So I knew, you know, if somebody tried to come help me, I knew how to talk my way through it. You know, if they were trying to come talk me out of killing myself, I was in a patrol car by myself, uh, taking a break. And, um, that day was the day I was going to take my life. Hmm. And, um, I was sitting in the car and I just became overwhelmed. And, uh, you know, I started thinking about what my wife and kids would do, how they would handle it, how they would move forward. Uh, like would literally anybody give a crap and, you know, I just having a big pity party, uh, all up in my head and my own emotions. And, uh, really arguing internally with the idea that God is good and that he loves us and that he loved me. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so I got to the point where I just, I made this decision, um, that, uh, you know, I had this internal conversation really with God and says, you know, I, I, I can't make sense of you. I can't prove all this stuff, but you know, everything I've done to this point pretty much sucks and it doesn't work. So, uh, I have a choice today and that choice is to take my life or give it to you and, and I'm going to give you a shot and I'm going to give it all to you and you just show me the way and, um, and, you know, just take everything I got, show me what to do. And uh, a few months later, I guess it was, I got the, the idea to write Spirit, uh, Spirit and Truth. It was a very small 25,000 word devotion. Mm. And I got the first testimony on that about three weeks after I published uh, the PDF of that. Some cops had, uh, on a squad, uh, one of their brothers had been, murdered in the line of duty and they said the book gave them hope and it gave them peace and i got another message from a from a guy who said that he was ready to take his own life and something that was written in that little bitty book wow. changed his perspective on life and he had hope again and he no longer wanted to take his life and i'm not a i'm not a doctor i'm not a clinician i'm not a preacher yep uh, I, I'm, I'm not an expert in the, in the science of the matter i'm just a brother i'm just a peer who's mm-hmm. been in the boots that many of many who are listening have been there and not everybody's ever felt like this, but, but some have. And, yeah. um, and, and if nothing else, it helps you understand the one that's beside you who is dealing with it, that it's okay to talk about it and that make you less of a man or less of a woman, less of a sheepdog, less of a warrior mm-hmm. to admit that, Hey, I can't do this. I'm on power, I'm on strength. And, um, and so that's, that was uh, the turning point for me. And that little book opened the door for a publisher to find me and offer me a book deal after I've been rejected, probably, I don't know, 25, 30 times. And um, they chased me down and gave me a book deal. Mm-hmm. And that was behind the badge. And so the rest is history. That's amazing. Now, so what would you, okay. So what about the people who are not yet sitting in the patrol car contemplating, you know, eating their gun? But what about, what about a few steps prior to that, right? The person who's, you know, definitely numbing their feelings, can't run away from how they feel. Um, you know, really angry, frustrated, you know, in that low, 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 you know, what, what would you say to them? Um, you have to, you have to be willing to get help. You have to be willing to move forward. You have to want what's in front of you more than what you got in your hands right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, I promise what's, what's ahead of you 
what's available for you and what's available to you is significantly better than what you're holding on to. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm not trying to talk you into believing the same way I believe. I'm not trying to persuade you to, to make a decision one way or another. I'm just trying to tell you that there's hope, uh, that there is a better way. And, um, and you know, you can have a life that is to the fullest. Mm-hmm. That's not just a life of surviving and getting by, mm-hmm. but you know, you're created for a purpose and you were put here for a purpose. And that purpose wasn't to, to, uh, to be beat down and carry the burdens that you carry every day. Um, you know, it, it, it has to be a conscious decision and intentional effort on your, on your part, uh, to move forward and to say, you know what, I want what's tomorrow and what's ahead of me better than more than I want what I've got in my hand right now. Mm-hmm. It means more, you know, there's people that do love you. There's people that care about you and they want the best for you. And you know, the evil will, evil will continue to exist. Mm-hmm. Um, evil will exist long after all of us are gone. Mm-hmm. Evil is going to continue to exist, but we've been given a, a special ability, a power, a desire, and a willpower to be the force that overcomes that evil with good. And, you know, you have to look at it from the, the book that's coming out in May with Colonel Grossman on spiritual combat is, uh, is essentially talking about spiritual warfare. Mm-hmm. And some people believe it, some people don't, but it's not hokey, it's not weird, it's not wonky, but it talks about some of the things that go on uh, in the realm that you can't see. And, yes. you know, in my experience, that world is significantly more of a reality than the things that we can see, touch, and feel in this world. Mm-hmm. And everything that we see going on right now is just a manifestation of a, of, of a battle between evil and good. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, it's a manifestation of what's going on in the, in the spiritual world. And so uh, being, being willing to be a vessel, to answer the call as a sheepdog, and not just be a sheepdog, but be a sheepdog who helps other sheepdogs. Uh, I think that's the ultimate mission in life. We're not just going to serve the community we, we were committed to, but we're going to serve other sheepdogs. You know, what you just said is just honestly probably so beautiful that being the vessel, right? So, so many times we think, especially, especially, you know, we're young officers, we're out there and, and then we kind of lose ourselves. And I talk a lot about that, but like, you know, we forget that we're, we're truly just a vessel. We just truly are the vessel from, you know, the spiritual world to here. Like, in my opinion, that's, that's really, and when, and when you can get into that place to be the vessel, that is when, that is when your life is going to turn into this, like the most beautiful thing that you could ever imagine. I know you and I had conversation about that. I can very clearly see that you are a vessel for, you know, you know, you call it Jesus. I call it the universe. It's the same. It's the same thing. You're the vessel. I've, I turned my life into becoming the vessel as well. And I think, you know, sheepdogs, you're listening. Like, I think, I think you need to take a step back and like, just, just think about this for a second. Like Adam has given you given us so many, you know, uh, pieces of gold nuggets here. Right. But what he just said, I just, I have to underline it. I just, I feel so deeply about this is that when, when you can get out of your own way and you can become the vessel in your job, in your home, 
and everywhere in your relationship, everywhere in your life, when you can become that vessel, it's no longer about you. It becomes bigger than you. And when it becomes bigger than you, you have purpose. The problem is, is we lose our purpose because things become just about us. We, we, we lose our purpose in the job because it's like, if I've got to go to another fucking domestic that the, you know, the DA's office is just going to throw out, if I've got to go to another, you know, crash or like what you said, if I've got to watch another person overdose and nothing ever gets done, but it's like, but if you can get out of the way of that, and if you can just understand that you're there for a reason and be the vessel and maybe maybe every time you go to one of these situations you're helping you know the parents of a loved one who's deceased right like maybe you're there to be that vessel maybe it's with your officers and your coworkers and you're there and your dispatchers and shit like that and maybe you're there to help them like who the hell knows it's different for everybody but it's really being that vessel i can say for me personally when i shifted my perspective from when it went from all about me to saying fuck it all right universe fucking figure this out because i don't know and and when i did that and became the vessel my life has changed 360 degrees yeah <laughs> it's uh it's a big difference whenever i um when i quit making it about me Mm. Um, and realize that, you know, yeah, I am a vessel, um, uh, but my life is not my own. Then, then things really, they really changed big time for me when I understood that it wasn't about me. It, it, there's a bigger purpose and, um, the stuff that goes on around us, you know, that's, that's, that's little stuff. It's minor, you know, I mean, it's a big deal, but it, it in the big picture, uh, it doesn't last. Mm. you will last and um mm. so you know yeah I, you gotta i had to get out of a place where being selfish and making it all about me and and uh become a selfless vessel and that has changed everything and now here i am looking at book number five with more books under contract and and mm. more than anything lives being changed and that is that is more important and more reward than any book i could ever write absolutely it's that impact that impact, man, again, and you're killing it. And it's amazing. So, you know, I, I love that. What I love about this conversation and Adam, what I, what I actually really enjoy, which I, I haven't even, I don't think I, I know that I haven't told you. Here's what I really enjoy in Sheepdogs. This is something that I, I really think that subconsciously I've really wanted to have Adam on for a while. And I really want to have this conversation is Adam believes in Jesus and he believes in God and, and, and I do too, but here's the thing. Here's what I love, Adam, is I love that how your belief is, is, is different, but the same as mine, but it's different, right? Like, and I, when I talk about God, I talk about God being the universe and I believe that God is the source of infinite love. I know that is not different from what you do and what you believe, but what I'm trying to say is, if, you know, we, we all kind of believe in the same thing. It's, it's, it's the same thing. I look at Jesus um, in my spirituality and my, you know, what I believe in is I look at him as an ascended master, right? He's definitely a master of spirituality and, and all that. And that's how I look at him. And, and I still talk to him every day and I still talk to God and, and stuff like that. It's just, it's just a little different. But the reason I wanted to underline this is because, you know, I'm very boldly out there. Like I'm talking to the universe. I'm talking to angels. I'm doing this. I've got crystals. I've got this. I'm doing that. Like I'm very boldly out there. But the thing is, is it's all the same. In my opinion, it's all the same thing. It's it's an infinite source of love, and it's the source that's higher than all of us because we're spiritual beings in this human, you know, in this human experience. And I mean, Adam, I'd love for you to 
say whatever you'd like to say about that. <laughs> you know, um, no, I appreciate it very, very much. And I think that we have to get to a point where uh, we're willing to sit down at a table with people who believe differently and see things differently. And, you know, we come together for one common purpose. And it doesn't matter where you sit, what you believe, that one common purpose should be uh, self selfless, uh, selfless approach to life. You know, we give uh, out of our place of deepest need and mm-hmm. we're driven by love. Everything we do is driven by love. Uh, it's not driven by selfishness, you know. Um, and I appreciate the fact that, you know, you, you refer to God as the universe, but the universe is only so big and it's, it's you know, it's only so big and it can't even contain a, a part of him. And uh, it's so much bigger than what we can imagine. And I think that's one of the one of the things that, and I'm a thinker, you know, the way I'm wired, I'm I'm a thinker, believe it or not, based, you know, you, you hear the way I talk and you're like, some redneck <laughs> from Alabama is a thinker, that's hilarious and dangerous at the same time. But, you know, there's there's more stars in the sky that we can see just within our, our eye mm-hmm. than there are grains of sand on our planet. Mm-hmm. And if you ever doubt that you have a purpose here on this earth of 7 billion people, think about that. Think about the fact that there's more stars in the sky than there are grains of sand. If you've ever been on a beach, I'm an hour and a half from the Gulf Coast. Uh, that's a lot of sand. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. That's a lot of stars and that's a big sky. Mm-hmm. And you need to know that, that, you know, wherever you're at in life, that you are loved immensely. And I don't care how big, bad you are, how strong you are. I, I want you to be good at your craft. I want you to be the best at your craft. Work out every day. I got to eat chicken, chicken and broccoli. I did it for 30 days and I thought I was going to die. Me too. I did but the same thing. <laughs> what, whatever you do, let it be done in love. Yes. And, um, you know, that is, that is our greatest purpose. The sheepdog, that's what separates, separates us from, from the wolf is we're willing to stand and do violence on behalf of everybody else, but it's driven by love. Yes. So my challenge to you today is to not, let not only let what you do as a sheepdog driven by love be the key point and the driving focus in your life, but also remember that you too are loved and that one day we'll answer to the great shepherd, the mm-hmm. ultimate sheepdog. And that is the point of our life where we have to get to the point where we say, you know what? It's not about me. It's not about everything I can do. It's not about the bad times or the good times. It's about the whole body of work and my body of work is going to be defined by one thing and that's love. I love it. Adam, how can, how can Sheepdog Nation, how can they find you? The Adam Davis.com T H E Adam Davis.com is the website. It's uh, not because I think of myself so highly. Adam Davis.com is taken <laughs> and uh, I think it's porn, but I'm not sure it's password protected. <laughs> So the, the Adam Davis.com. I'm on Facebook, uh, the official Adam Davis. I'm on Instagram, Adam Davis official. Um, you know, I, I do some work with the Chris Kyle frog foundation. I'm very mission focused on, on helping other people, uh, discover the very best marriages available to them. And if mm-hmm. they're not married, help them to discover the very best purpose that is available to them, what they were created for. So uh, I'm very honored to have some awesome friends. You're one of those. And, um, we are truly all better together. Let's, let's find a way to, to make an impact going forward. I love that. Thank you so much, Adam, for coming on here. Yep. Sheepdog Nation. 
I need to tell you something. You need to go see his website. Even just, you got to go see the landing page. I was telling him like right when you land on his website, it's like fucking awesome. Like he's got these lights in the background and everything. I, w- I just sat there and stared at it for a while. <laughs> Adam, it's been a pleasure. Um, Sheepdog Thank Nation. Thank you so much. We will see you next time. Sheepdog. I'm so happy that you landed on this page. You clicked this because you know I'm a podcaster. I am way better (laughs) in your ears than you reading my words. So you're here, you're wondering, what is the Intuitive Sheepdog Digital Course? Is it the right thing for me? Here's the deal. First, I want to take you back and I want to tell you a little bit about me. I want you to know that this digital course is step-by-step the life-changing steps, the life-changing realizations, the life-changing things I've had to implement um, into my life to be able to actually achieve my dreams. If you're not sure what that means because you're like, oh, that's cliche as fuck. Well, let me tell you. So I started out hurt. I was a cop. I've been a cop since I was 20 years old. I got injured. I got injured in the line of duty. My doctor said, you know what? You're never going to work full-time patrol again. And that day changed my life. My legs were going numb. My back was hurting. I was unable to work out. And I dealt with it for a long time because I wasn't going to be that girl, especially being a female, right? Like I wasn't going to be that person, but I didn't have a choice. Like my partners knew my legs were numb. I'd have to sit really awkwardly in my cruiser. Like I I would have to work dispatch here and there and I'd have to literally unbutton the tops of my pants because the pressure on my back was way too much. It was killing me. Um, sitting for long periods of time were hurting, standing for long periods of time. I just, I couldn't do it. Laying down is what gave me my reprieve. Okay. And as you know, as a police officer, you don't get to fucking lay down. So I, so due to my injury that I sustained, I could no longer uh, work full-time patrol and it killed me. You know, I met my husband in the police academy, right? Like, so being a cop and police work and the police life, like that's all that I knew. Uh, I was halfway done my master's in criminal justice for fuck's sake. Like I was going to be a part of the administration and um, I got, I got stopped right in my tracks and it was the single best worst thing that had ever happened to me at the time. It was devastating. I hit a deep, deep depression, stayed in my bed for weeks on end, get up to shower. Maybe, you know, I showered. <laughs> I didn't love that. Didn't like getting out of bed. Didn't want to leave my house. I wasn't, you know, I was couch ridden. Like, so I, I really couldn't get up and go work out and do all the things that people tell you to do to, you know, um, become undepressed, to become happy. You know, here I am making up words, but you get it. And so I had to do something. I was sitting there and I had to do something. And after a few months of this and my husband desperately, like literally desperately pleading, begging me to do something. He's like, you are not my, my, at the time I was his girlfriend, you are not my girlfriend. I don't know who you are. This is not the girl that I got with. I understand like you've been dealt, like you were dealt a hard, um, you know, stack of cards, but fuck like what the hell? And I was just, I just really turned into this really miserable, negative, you know, depressed person. I had crippling anxiety. Um, We couldn't go. I definitely couldn't go to a restaurant without feeling like I was choking, like like the whole time, couldn't breathe. My throat felt like it was closing up. Um, I, you know, driving through a city was, I just couldn't do it. I felt like I was having a heart attack walking into the grocery store. I mean, I was really, I couldn't do anything. I would constantly call my mom and tell her I was having the big one. And I know that's funny, 
But let me tell you, when I was going through it, it wasn't funny. So I was really in this, you know, rock bottom phase of my life. It just felt like the walls were caving in on me. And I didn't know where to go, didn't know what to do. You know, nobody knew, you know, everybody's suggestion was that I went and got on medication. And when you're in this state, you definitely, if, if you feel like that's the right thing for you, I'm not shitting on it. But for me, that was not the right thing. I said, no, I know I just need to, I need change. Like I just need to change. I know this. And so again, I know I'm making it sound like, like, oh yeah, it was just so easy. I just decided, but no, like this is a span of months. Okay. And then I was like, okay, I'm going to start a business. And then I was like, I have to do something for my house, right? Do something for my couch. I had dabbled in multi-level marketing. So I knew that you, you could do stuff from your computer, that whole like laptop lifestyle, but I didn't know what the fuck I was doing. And what happened was I had to lean in deep on my spirituality. Um, I had to look to others to coach me, to help, you know, change my perspective, change my mind, started binge watching Tony Robbins. He actually is the one that got me up out of bed. Um, And then it went from, you know, him to just different people that I would listen to and they would mentor me and they didn't even know it through these YouTube videos. And I got books. And then I started journaling and I would meditate and I would do all the things. It was slow. It sounds like it was fast, but it was really slow, the slow process. And before you know it, I had a business. I was running a business and it was a successful business, but I was miserable. So I got right back into where I was again because I wasn't living out my heart's passion. I was just, I was covering, I was putting a Band-Aid on it. Does that make sense? I was putting a Band-Aid. And so when I put the Band-Aid on, it worked for, you know, six months to a year. And then I'd have to rip the bandaid off and I'd go right through the same funk shorter, about a month, month or two instead of months on end. But I would go through the same thing. But this time my income was getting fucked with because I would, I would shut down my business, stop doing what I was doing. And then I wouldn't have any income. And so obviously you can see that that would yield to having a lot of issues then what I had to do after this happened twice, just so you know, like I shut down my business more than one time, uh, three times, three times. This happened three times. Um, I, I was business coaching, then I was spiritual coaching, and then I was um, running a self-defense um, online course and then an in-person course. And and I had to shut it all down because I said, there's something missing. I, f- I don't know what it is, but I hate everything. I hate my life. Shut it all down. Finished my master's. And during that time I was finishing my master's, I started my podcast, which is probably where you met me. And that podcast literally came from me trusting my gut, following a hunch to get on there and vent. I just wanted to vent because I just felt really wrong with everything that had happened to me. I felt so wronged. Maybe you feel that way. Maybe you just feel like it's like you against the world. Well, that was me. And I have felt that multiple times in my life. <clears throat> but the thing is, you guys, is when you when you push that down, it comes back with a fucking vengeance. You have to heal. You have to let go. You have to move through your anger. You have to let go and move through your shit. When you don't, you run into problems. And so that is what happened to me. My anger, my it came back with a vengeance. Couldn't, you know, I... 
I heard I had everybody in my head. I didn't know what to do. I got lost. I got stuck again. And I had to bring myself through this process. This is the process that I've used for myself a few times. But this time I made sure that I was going to do the work and it was going to stick. And that's this process is what I'm what I'm teaching you in the Sheepdog Digital course. Okay. Step by step. It's, we really got to get in and we have got to change your perspective. We got to get in there and change your mind. First, you know, first thing we do is I'm going to teach you how to get a little vulnerable. Now I know as a sheepdog, you're like, autumn, fuck that. And I'm never, and you'll see in there, I talk about, you know, keeping your gap and, and not being vulnerable in the job, but being vulnerable with yourself, kind of being vulnerable with the universe and just being like, yo, I'm not happy or blah, blah, like whatever it is. I'm not happy. You know, I'm. I fucking give up. I don't know what to do. And and this is the time where it's the most beautiful and precious time in your life is when you can just kind of be like, all right, universe, I'm open. Guide me. What would you have me do? What what, what am I supposed to be doing? This is actually, it's, it's this like crazy, beautiful, ugly time in your life because you're done trying to control something that you can't even control. The only, the only thing you have control of is over your mind. And that is what I'm going to teach you. And I'm going to teach you how to control your mind. I'm going to teach you how to control your thoughts. I'm going to teach you how to pull out the bullshit that has been deep down inside of you. I'm going to have you, you know, learn to journal. I'm going to teach you how to journal so that you can like, you know, you don't have to look for everybody else to everybody else for the answers. You get to look on the inside for your own answers. How beautiful is that? It's the most beautiful, miraculous thing. It's literally a miracle. I'm going to teach you how to do all that. I'm going to teach you how to change your thoughts, deep dive into your bullshit. And at the end, your whole entire perspective is going to change. Okay. So this, this course is what has changed my life. I believe in it. I swear by it. And I want every sheepdog to have it. So if that is something that you can get, you can get behind, if you're like, I'm ready, like I need to change my life, this course, it's only $197. And if you're like, Autumn, I don't have that right now. No problem. I have your back. There is a fucking payment plan. So all you need to do, you can continue to read. You can look at the curriculum, look at the breakdown, look at everything you get. Because not only are you getting this eight-week course, which will be delivered. You'll get every single week delivered to you. When you sign up, you get it. So you could sign up on a Monday or you could sign up on a Friday. It doesn't matter. It's all set up. So every single week, right from right when you sign up, you start getting content. You start getting modules. You're going to hear from me two times a week. You're going to have a ton of content, a ton of modules. You get to keep everything for yourself. And guess what? A lot of it is audio-based. So you like this, you like my podcast, you're in luck. Okay, I got your back. If you enjoy reading, I have emails in there with the written content. You're going to have activities that you need to do that's really going to change your life. Um, and and you know what the cool thing is? Is you can do this with your spouse. You can do this with a friend. You don't have to do this by yourself. So not only are you getting all that eight weeks of stuff, you're getting six extra bonuses, okay? Well worth like together the course and the bonuses are worth over $685. And that's not me putting bullshit prices on everything. This is stuff that I've actually charged for this content. Okay. I've been doing this for a little while. So, um, you're going to be getting an entire bonus module on around visualization and attracting, attracting the life that you want. Can you imagine learning how to visualize, learning how to daydream in order to fucking have the shit that you want in your life? Amazing. Wouldn't that be amazing? Absolutely amazing. Then guess what? 
we're going to have a bonus. It's going to be a Q&A live stream event with me um, in the Intuitive Sheepdog uh, Facebook group. So if that is, you know, you have questions, you get stuck, that's going to be the time for you coming to ask me. We're going to have a conversation. Um, you also, this is probably my absolute favorite bonus, is you're going to get one free month in t- inside the club. And the club itself has been shut down. So you can't get in unless you take this digital course and you get a bonus month um, for free. So and that's worth $55. That is going to be absolutely life-changing. You get to be around people who've already taken the course, who answer all your questions, who will you know, be there to support you 24-7. It's amazing. That course, that club is absolutely amazing. You're going to get your own angel number book and training because as you start to take this course, you start to open your mind. Um, you're going to start seeing numbers and you're going to be like, what the hell? What are my angels trying to tell me? I'm going to tell you. You're going to get three guided meditations I created specifically for sheepdogs. It's going to help you to begin to relax instantly. And you get an entire bonus meditation class that I created just for sheepdogs. So you are literally in for $197 or if you sign up for the payment plan, it's going to be life-changing. Absolutely life-changing. Life-changing. So I'm telling you, if you like what I've been doing, if you like the fact that everybody told me I would never be able to be a life coach for cops and here I am, my my one-on-one practice is fully booked out. I've been, um, I've been taking care of myself financially for the past year with this. Um, I have spoken to thousands of police officers, first responders, spouses from all across the country. I have had some very famous influential people on my podcast. I am, I am now hired as a consultant, as a coach, as a life coach for a police department. A, a police department, I manifested this, like a police department just hired me to be the life coach for their cops at their police department. They're paying me. How fucking beautiful is that? Right? So If you are like, I want to do these crazy things, I want to make crazy things happen just like Autumn, then this is for you. I'm going to walk you step-by-step through my process. If you have questions, email me, autumn at autumnclifford.com. Message me on Instagram. You can message me and my team on Facebook, and one of us will get back to you. And I'm telling you, if you are sitting here going, oh my God, I'm contemplating, that's your bullshit. If you're listening to this, you want this. Don't even mess around. The only question that you need to answer right now is how you're going to pay. You paying in full or you taking the payment plan? All right. Don't forget, I got your back.